everyone. This is Kristen Lizenby Lee from Where Joy is Ministries, restoring joy to Christian womanhood. Welcome to the sixth installment of the podcast series, A Mighty Woman's Artillery. Now today we're going to continue studying Ephesians chapter 6 and the armor of God. Today we're going to be covering the final piece of that armor. However, there will be one more episode on this artillery next week. Today is not the last podcast in this series, so check back next week and stay tuned for other podcasts in the future. Today we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. Now, thus far, every piece of the armor of God has been primarily a defensive weapon. The belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet, they are all pieces of armor that we use to defend ourselves against our enemy. The shield of faith can, as we discussed two weeks ago, it can be used as a defensive and offensive weapon, but the sword is solely an offensive weapon, and it is the most powerful. In fact, I don't think we understand just how powerful the sword of the Spirit is. So today, as we dive into the scriptures, I hope we can get a little glimpse of the magnitude of this piece of artillery. Charles Spurgeon said, to be a Christian is to be a warrior. The sword of the Spirit is the Bible. It's God's word. And when we take it in hand and use it as our only offensive weapon against the devil, it makes us undefeatable. Listen to what the psalmist David said about God's word in Psalm chapter 19. He begins in verse 7 by saying, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. He goes on to say later that the words of God are to be desired more than gold and they're sweeter than honey. And my question is, do we approach God's word with that attitude and with that heart where we desire it more than gold? And when we read it, it's sweeter to our spiritual tongue than honey is to our physical tongue. We often focus more on our own opinions, our intellect, or even our emotions instead of on the truth of God's word, forgetting that it's the final authority. It's the answer to every question we have and every problem that arises. It's the only thing that matters. Do you need to defeat sin or pull down strongholds? Well, then you need God's word to do it. Do you need to bring righteous rebuke? Then you need God's word. If you need genuine comfort in affliction and in grief, God's word brings that. Do you need to build and strengthen your faith? Only God's word can do that. If you need to overcome temptation, the answer is God's word. The answer is always God's word. Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, did not stand up and tell the devil how much better and more powerful he was. I like to think that would have been my go-to move. Had I been in Jesus' footsteps, I would have stood up and just used my power to defeat the devil. However, Jesus did not do that. He had every right to. God himself created the devil. He could have said one word and Satan would have been destroyed. However, he did not combat him in that way. He used God's word as his weapon. He used his sword. And you know what? It worked. And that should be our example. If God himself in the flesh, if Jesus used his own word to defeat the enemy, how much more so should we be using this 
every single day when we come up against our enemy. Psalm chapter 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible with 176 verses all in one chapter. And out of 176 verses in the chapter of Psalm 119, almost every verse talks about the statutes of God, the precepts of God, the law of God, the commands of God, the word of God. Over and over, David is shining a light on the power and on the beauty of God's word. In verse 9, he says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. How can we be cleansed from sin? By acknowledging and obeying God's word. In verse 11, he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You want to know how to defeat sin in your life? Hide God's word in your heart. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Live it. Verse 16 says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. Is the word of God exciting to us or is it merely an obligation? David delighted in the scriptures. And then he goes on to say, I will not forget thy word. How often are we guilty of that? I know I am. I'll sit and I'll read something in my Bible or I'll sit in church and I'll be reading and my mind is somewhere else. And then I walk out the door and I've completely forgotten God's word. David made the statement, I will not forget thy word. He delighted in the scriptures. He loved it and he hungered after it. Let that be an example. In verse 50, he writes, this is my comfort in my affliction for thy word has quickened me. That word quickened means made alive. And that's what God's word does. It gives life. In verse 89 of Psalm 119, he says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. On and on and on, 176 verses, almost all of them speak about the word of God. I encourage you to read that chapter, to soak in that chapter and memorize it. Memorize large portions of Psalm 119 because it's very easy to neglect and to forget God's word. And sometimes we rely more on Christian music or Christian blogs or a podcast or even a few quick minutes in prayer. And all those things are great. But we often allow other things, even good things, to take the place of soaking in God's word. And as a result of that, we become unfamiliar with our sword. And we can't fight effectively. And we definitely cannot defeat our enemy. One of my favorite heroes in the Christian faith is a man named Richard Warmbrandt. He was a pastor in Romania in the 1940s. He was arrested for his faith, and he was put in prison, a communist prison, where he underwent an excruciating amount of torture. He was beaten and brutally hurt, and he spent 14 years in this prison, and three of those 14 years were in solitary confinement. All alone for three years, he had no books to read, no Bible, no paper to write on, no people to talk to. However, he had memorized scripture. And each day he would recite the word of God and then deliver a sermon to the prison walls. And it was amazing because many people who had been put in solitary confinement, when they were released, they had gone crazy. But Richard, after three years, completely alone, he 
it, whenever he was released, his mind was very sound and he was very clear headed. And it was a miraculous testimony to the power of God's word. Countless men and women throughout history have suffered for the word of God. They've died for the word of God. And it's sobering to think that our brothers and sisters all over the world are giving up their very lives for God's word, and we barely pick up our copy. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it pierces and it divides and it's a mirror. The Bible is a mirror. When we sit and read the Bible every time, inevitably, it will reveal to us who we are. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the end of that verse, it says that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it gets right down to the nitty gritty of our heart and it exposes to us who we really are. And not only that, but the word of God also reveals to us who God is. And I think that's the most important part of the sword. When we saturate ourselves with the word of God, then we begin to see more and more and more of who God is. And the devil doesn't want us to know who God is. He would rather we live our lives in doubt and confusion, always wondering if God is really good, always wondering if God is faithful, always wondering if God cares, always wondering if he says he, if he will do what he says he will do. And if what he says will work, the devil wants you and he wants me to live in confusion. And he doesn't want us to know God intimately at all. So obviously he will make it his mission to keep us from our Bible. The late great deal Moody once said, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from your Bible. So it's very vital for us to be intentional about being close to our Bible and letting it do what it's meant to do, which is to expose our sin problem and then give us the remedy and give us the cure and then also give us the power to live the Christian life. I'm going to give you a couple of practical ways that you can sharpen your sword and also use it. First, as I've already said, memorize scripture. This is a very important part of the Christian life and especially spiritual warfare. Memorize large portions of scripture. And if you need to, sometimes it helps with um, with retaining what you are trying to memorize. Um, write these verses down. Write them on index cards. Carry them with you or place them in strategic parts of your house or your car. Another way that can help with memorization is by listening to the Bible. There are a number of apps that you can download which will recite the Bible to you. And that often helps. So memorizing scripture is a really, really effective way to sharpen your sword. So you will be ready anytime the devil comes against you, just as he did with Jesus, you will have verses in your belt, in your artillery that you can um, use to resist him. Along with memorizing scripture, study what you memorize. Not long ago, I was in a store and a song came on the radio that I hadn't heard since I was maybe 16 years old. And I not only immediately began singing along, but then I understood the lyrics. I was young when I memorized it and I didn't know what the song was really about. And the same principle can be applied to the Bible. Memorizing scripture 
is wonderful and it's powerful, but it's so much more important to also study what you memorize so you know exactly what it means and you know how to apply it to your life. A third way to sharpen your sword is by having what I like to call battle verses. You can even split these up into categories. Um, I have written in a section of my journal several verses that I use to combat fear. Anytime I have overwhelming anxiety, these are my go-to verses that just bring peace to my heart. In another section of my journal, I have names of God listed to remind me of who God is. In another section of my journal, I have verses written down that just talk of God's power and talk about what um, we are able to do through His blood and how victorious we are when we are in Christ. In another portion, I have verses that help when I'm tempted to sin. Get a journal, or you can even write in the flyleaf of your Bible, but write down verses that you not only have memorized and know, but you can use every time the devil comes against you or every time a situation arises where you need wisdom or you need comfort. Have these things on hand. God's word is life. The book of Jeremiah has a powerful verse where the prophet Jeremiah says, Thy words were found and I did eat them. Imagine loving the word of God so much you want to eat it. And spiritually, though, this is normal. This is normal behavior and a normal desire for a Christian. It's normal for our souls to hunger after the word, to view it as our life source, because in fact, it really is. Jeremiah went on to say in that same verse, thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. If you want to overcome your enemy, If you want to be a mighty woman of God, if you want to avoid temptation, if you want joy, if you want to fight effectively, take your sword of the Spirit. And do not let the enemy make you think that it is less powerful than it really is because it is the most powerful weapon that you could have. And it's God's Word. I hope today's podcast has been an encouragement to you. Be sure to check out wherejoyis.com for the latest blog posts and all the upcoming news. And stay tuned for the final installment in this podcast series next week. I challenge you to know and love and effectively use your written word of God. May it change you, may it mold you, and may it draw you ever closer to Jesus. Jesus.